the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Bert and Alex with you today, and we're in John chapter 20. In verse 16, Jesus is going to call the name of a lady, and she knows it's his voice, and she knows he's talking to her. Do you know God's talking to you? God wants you to come unto him and follow him, and I pray that you would know that he knows your name. Again, we're glad you're listening to Exploring the Word. We're in the book of John, chapter 20, and one more chapter after this, and we should finish up by Thursday before we go into Fireway Friday. We'll see about that. But Alex, before we get started, a giant of a pastor, a songwriter, author, has gone to be of the Lord the uh, last few days. You know, last night, Bert, and by the way, welcome, Bert. It's good to be with you and all the listeners. Another week of exploring the Word, and we thank God for that. But kind of late last night, I was up uh, writing on an article, actually, and a thing popped across my news feed. Jack Hayford, he was the pastor of Church on the Way in Van Nuys, California, and of course, everybody listening, uh, he wrote a number of songs, but he wrote the great song, Majesty, Worship His Majesty. And, you know, early in the life of this program, we were at NRB, National Religious Broadcasters, and I'm pretty sure it was like the only NRB that I got to go to with Brother Marvin Sanders, and we interviewed Jack Hayford, such a a gentleman, and he was, you know, Bert, here's the thing. He just was such a gifted pastor, preacher, songwriter, but he was uh, just a real bridge builder with so many different groups of Christians, and uh, I I just thought we ought to commemorate the fact that a giant of the faith has gone to be with Jesus, Jack Hayford. I, I agree with you. And again, let me, the ministry of writing songs builds bridges. Just think, yeah. I mean, here he was, his different denomination than mine and yours. And I've been in all different denominations and churches, but guess what? Majesty, man, it is played and heard and other songs like that. And so praise God for men and women who have that poetic a voice in them to put down on paper uh, words, and then those that can at the same time put it to music. And uh, yeah. Jack Hayford was one of those. And matter of fact, uh, we're going to play that song, Majesty, and uh, we're just going to play part of it, not the whole thing. We got about two minutes of it, but we may cut it short than that. But we're going to ask, uh, you know, to, for listen to this, worship the Lord. Uh, listen, every time I've ever heard this song, it brings worship to my heart and my mind. So, Brent, Amen. would you mind playing that for us? It is, Alex, and praise God for the poets. You know, David was one. You can say that Isaiah was one. Even I, I think when you read John, I, I think he had a heart of a poet 
because you sense that and hear that in his words. So, Alex, mm-hmm. uh, what a gift God's given us by giving us Jack Hayford. Amen. And I know he heard, well done, good and faithful servant. I want to say this, too. Um, I Over the weekend, I was talking with some people who had met him or even uh, pretty much knew him. And, uh, you know, he was a preacher of the gospel, uh, just like here at Exploring the Word and the American Family Association. We believe the Bible. We know that Jesus is the one and only risen Savior, and we'll see that in John 20. But Jack Hayford, uh, from everything I've heard from people who knew him, he was really one to unite believers. And, Bert, that is a real (laughs) prayer of mine. You and I read that in John 17, 21, where Jesus prayed for the body to be unified. And I know we've got our different denominations, and we've got, you know, denominational distinctives. But we all believe, all Christians believe Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus, the Son of God, died on the cross to pay our sin debt. We put our faith in Jesus, and by trusting in Jesus, we're born again. And the Bible is God's Word and the authority. And isn't it, I guess I was reading last night about the the legacy of the late Jack Hayford, he was a guy that would uh, link arms like D.L. Moody. Any friend of Jesus is a friend of mine. And that's that's a, a good posture to have, isn't it? It really is. And you and I have talked about this. Let me just share. You have grace in areas that you disagree in. The early earth, you know, I've talked to someone today, and we've got great friends that look view as the word days as different days. You and I believe in the six days as others. I Don't do. let that separate you. You may not. You may have questions. They may have questions. Don't don't let the issue of election cause so much damage that of uh, the sovereignty of God and and man's accountability and free will. They we don't know. We I can't explain it, but I know they work together. And then the other thing that we've talked about is eschatology. I I preached on the second coming of Christ yesterday, and I I tried Mm. to do what I shared on this program. Yes, I think you get a broad picture of what's going to happen in the future and be accurate. When you start getting down to some of those minutiae details that God knows, you better leave that to God. I'm just telling you, you don't hurt to say this could be, but coming across said it's got to be, and if you don't agree with that, then you're out of it. Uh, so, Alex, I agree with you. Jack Hayford was a bridge builder. God give us more of them. Amen. Amen. Well, we're in John chapter 20, folks, and if you're at a place where you can get a copy of the Bible and follow along with us, that'd be great. And uh, just listen, and as always later on in the show, I want to say this because we have so many new listeners all the time, but later on in the show we open up the phones, and if you want to call us with a Bible question, we would love to hear from you. 888-589-8840. But John 20, just some of the greatest words ever. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, she said, and we do not know where they have put him. Then Peter and the other disciples set out for the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. Now, that I think that's—I got to say this. This is proof that the Gospel of John was written by John, because if I outran Peter, I'd put that in there too, wouldn't you, Bert? <laughs> yes, I would. I, there, I was reading the different explanations. He may have been faster. Peter could have been older. We don't know all the reasons why, but he did outrun him. But let me just yes. share this again. This, I think, will really help. Uh, if you can find, uh, you know, a, a book that shows you the Gospels in harmony with one another, uh, yes. it really helps concerning the cross and the resurrection because you have Matthew and Mark, Luke, John. Each one of them covers a little bit different area, not a different story, not a different uh thought but a different area and here is uh john covering mary magdalene now we find out in the other gospels that some other ladies were accompanying her but it seems like mary again may have been out front the way john was out in front of peter i couldn't help but think about that so the two people that were the little bit more speedier (laughs) got the names in there for that alex and i agree with you they (laughs) they ran they wanted to go see it I think it's significant that they ran, don't you? 
Well, yeah, I mean, it was exciting, but also, I mean, their hearts might have been beating because, I mean, what had happened here? I mean, was the 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 grave violated? Was the body stolen? But it, but they go there and they reach the tomb, and Peter bends down, looks in, and there are the linen cloths lying there. That's verse five. Okay, so. Um, the cloth that had been around Jesus' head was rolled up lying separate from the linen cloths. Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed, for they did not understand from the Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Now, the disciples returned to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb weeping. Now, Bert, isn't it something? Um, Peter and John ran, and they look in, and they see the empty tomb. And I think they're puzzled, and I think they're trying to process what might have happened. But Mary remains there weeping. And again, let's remember that Mary Magdalene, she had been forgiven much. She had been delivered from much. And her loyalty and fidelity to her Savior was much. And she's just frozen there with tears and grief, isn't she? She really is, and this is significant. Again, John waits. He gets there first, but Peter goes in when he gets there. I think it shows, I just want to share this, the personality of them. Peter's the one that got out of the boat. Others stayed in. John was one of those that stayed in. Peter goes into the tomb when when John is reluctant, but then John goes in. But John believes first. Peter has to be persuaded a little bit more. He's not as quick as, as, as John would be. But then Mary, you were talking about Mary. This is significant that the first one that we have a record of, Jesus appearing after his resurrection, was Mary, a woman. That is significant because in Jewish culture, they did not have what it takes to convince everyone. Their testimony was considered less than best. And secondly, you've already mentioned she had been forgiven much. We're talking about the woman that had been in sin and and demons, and yet she was the one. I just want to share, this not only shows the power of the resurrection, this shows the redemption and love of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're listening and you're wondering, can God really save a sinner like me? I want to tell you the answer is yes. Turn Mm. your life over to Christ. Don't wait. Do it now. Let him come into your life and ask him to be Lord. Alex and I will be back with more of John chapter 20 right after the break. This is Pause to Pray. A chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today we pray for Jackie Rosen, Senator from the state of Nevada. She is a former member of Congress and has served as Senator since 2019. Philippians 2.4 reminds us of the qualities of a good leader. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Right now with this in mind, would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we ask you to guide Jackie Rosen as she represents the people of Nevada. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. People write off the idea of spiritual warfare by saying, it's all in your head. But Dr. Tony Evans says that's true to a point. He'll take us to 2 Corinthians 10 as we spend two minutes with Tony says that our methods are not fleshly because our enemy is not fleshly. When you wrestle with something day in and day out, week in and week out, believe me, that's a battle, no matter what other name you give to it. And if God speaks to it, it is a spiritual battle. The crisis of the problem demands another kind of help. Now follow this. The source of your spiritual battles find their root in your mind. Until you fix your head, you will never solve the problem with your feet. That drug problem you have, (laughs) until you fix your head, you won't solve the problem with popping that needle or that pill. It starts in the mind. You say, how do you know? Because it has to do, chapter 10 says, with 
speculations, verse 5, the knowledge of God, verse 5, and taking every thought captive. Now, where do speculations come from? The mind. Where is knowledge rooted in? The mind. Where do thoughts come from? The mind. So, in order for you to get released from your POW status, being trapped by hell, when you've been born again by heaven, is to learn to think differently. Learn more about the battle going on behind the scenes of your life. Check out Tony's book, Warfare, a look at what the Bible has to say about our fight against the devil and his influence. Get details at TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. In Him, we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of Him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of His will. Ephesians 1.11 American Family Radio Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. As we go, let us make As we go, let us tell the world of We're in John chapter 20. John chapter 20 on today's edition of Exploring the Word. Burke Harper, Alex McFarland. So glad you're with us. And you are listening to the American Family Radio Network. And, uh, you know, Bert, um, John is outside and he, it says he sees and he believes. Now, Peter uh, ventures in at least a certain way. I don't know how far, but Peter goes in far enough to see some linen laying there that uh, Jesus had been wrapped in. But Mary... Uh, looks in the tomb, verse 12, and saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and other at the feet. And, you know, all three uh, do and will believe. It's interesting nowadays, um, some people don't have any trouble. It's almost like John, they, they see the empty tomb and they believe, you know. Uh, other people maybe need a little bit of evidence. Now, fortunately, the evidence is there. And there's some people that uh, they have, you know, very dramatic experiences with the Lord. I don't know that they saw two angels like Mary did. <laughs> but you, you know what? Um, we are to respond to the amount of revelation that we've been given, you know? And I, I, I don't want to digress from chapter 20, but let me just say re- the word revelation the last chapter of the Bible is the book of Revelation, but I'm talking about God revealing himself. And maybe in your conscience, you're aware that you need the Lord in your life. Maybe you've heard a sermon. Maybe you've heard John 3.16, that whosoever will believe in him may have eternal life. Maybe you've heard, maybe on TV, you saw the history, the archaeology, time and again, the Bible has been proven true. And, of course, that greatest evidence of all, the empty tomb, Christ is risen. Look, respond to the light, the revelation that you've been given, because God has made himself known to you. You're aware that Jesus Christ paid your sins on the cross. If you've not done this, then call out today, today, and say, Dear Lord Jesus, save my soul, and do respond to the revelation that God has given you of himself. You know, that has not changed in the Bible. It was that way in the Old Testament. Is this way in the New Testament and in the book of Acts. You know, Paul would go and preach, and it would. some would believe. Some would say, we need to ask more questions. We're going to wait a while and evaluate. And others would walk away in unbelief. The group you don't want to be in is walking away. Listen come to Christ, Alex. That's a good word. And she saw the two angels. Then they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? That's a good question. She said to them, because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Now, when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but did not know that it was Jesus. Now, I'm going to stop there before the conversation starts. Again, she just looks in. They speak to her. She turns away. Uh, So we don't know all the things that she was going through her mind, but she was saying, where have they laid him? And notice, this is the question. She did not know it was Jesus when she turned around. 
it made me think about what will happen later on, the two on the road to Emmaus. They did not know when they were on the road that the one walking with them was the Lord. Now, Alex, there's a lot of, I would say, speculation on why did Jesus hide himself for a moment, similar to what he did to the two on the Emmaus, or did she have tears in her eyes and couldn't see clearly? You know, there's different reasons. We don't know why she couldn't see. But at that point in time, that's the way it was. But notice, Jesus did not stop the communication. He he started the communication. He continued that communication. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. Now, listen, that's all it took, her name. Alex, uh, all in the Bible, there's just something about the name. You remember when God came walking in the garden after Adam and Eve sinned? And Adam, where are you? Alex, Mm. there's something about him knowing our name. And uh, here is Mary responding and calling him the highest regard that she could as a teacher, Rabboni. And so yeah. praise the Lord for her seeing the Lord. You know, um, Bert, have you ever been in a room where the light, the, the overhead light had a dimmer switch? Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, sometimes a dimmer switch can be like a knob you turn or a slider thing that you slide up and down. And I remember one time uh, my at my cousin's house, they had a light over their table and you could dim it down really low, but if you slid that thing all the way up, man, it was so bright you couldn't even look. You had to turn away. And it's almost like Jesus' deity was like uh, he could make himself uh, human enough that people could see him. But like I think about it on the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew 17, he turned that switch all the way up, and it was so bright they couldn't even look at him, you know? They couldn't and, even see. He out, uh, Moses and Elijah wasn't even in the picture when all of his glory was shown. That where the- ex- exactly. And, and let's remember, in the incarnation, when the Lord came to earth and Jesus put on a human body, he never ceased to be deity. Jesus always was and is, and even to this very moment, is God. He never ceased to be divine, but he enfleshed himself in humanity to the degree that we could, or that people at that time could be with him. But somehow or another, and maybe maybe the expectation wasn't there because she had seen him die, but at first, you're right, she didn't recognize him, but he said, Mary, and here's the thing, they knew it was Jesus when they heard his voice, yeah. and uh, that's important. In uh, uh, John ten fourteen, I believe it is, Jesus said, I know my sheep, and my sheep know my voice. Right. Uh, let's make sure that we are one of his sheep because we've yielded to his voice. And so he says, and we discussed this in a call last week, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father, but go and tell my brothers, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them what he had said to her. Well, these uh, first 18 verses of John 20 are some of the most important words ever written. Let, let us be able to go and say, I have seen the Lord. Amen. Alex, let's go back, if you would, to verse 17. Notice, notice here the pronouns that are used. Do not cling to me. Again, we talk, don't hold on to me. Uh, things have changed, Mary. I'm not going to be with you. You can't hold on to me. We talked about all the different reasons and supposing why all he said that, but we know that is the truth. You can't hold on to me anymore. Now, Mary, the other Mary, had washed his feet and everything, for I have not ascended to my father. Notice that, my father, but go to, t- to my brethren. Now, listen to that. They've gone from servants to friends to brothers. This is an awesome relationship that Jesus had built with these apostles. They were servants, and then he talks about my friends, but now he says brothers. This is the whole idea that he has brought us. We're joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. He shares in that, and it's my father to my brethren and say to them, 
I am ascending, here it is again, to my father and your father. He could have simply said to my father, but he said, no, your father as well. And then my God, and then again, your God. These pronouns are so emphatic that, again, examine yourself. Is this God that you've read about, heard about, heard preached, and you said it well? You may have seen it in a documentary. You may have heard a sermon, and you know about God. But notice this my, my personal relationship, your personal relationship. So we're talking about having a relationship with God that is more than head knowledge. It's more than a casual decision. It is a covenant that you're making with God when you say, God, I'm I'm lost. I can't save myself. There's nothing in me that warrants salvation or heaven. But I know that Jesus went to the cross, bore my sins, was buried, and rose again. And now I ask him to be Lord of my life. I'm asking him as I surrender my life to him, turn away from my sin, from my way, and turn to you. So, Alex, that my, I, I just noticed how many times it's used, your, how many times it's used. It's really talking about a personal relationship, isn't it? Well, it really is. It really is. And uh, by the way, you know, the fact that he says there in verse uh, eight, uh, 17 and 18, uh, my Father and your Father, my God and your God. Uh, when you've got a relationship with Jesus, you are of the Father, Almighty God. You're prepared to meet the Lord. And, uh, you know, I love uh, Luke twelve thirty two, where Jesus said, Fear not, little flock. It is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Uh, you might not realize it, but you're not just a pedestrian on the street or a citizen in the town. You are a subject of the king, and you're part of his kingdom. Isn't that something? Now, um, really, uh, Jesus very often used the term son of man, uh, the son from the father sent to redeem man. And in the wording there of John 17, John 20, verse 17, um, believe it or not, without being too lengthy here, what he's saying is, that he is of the Father, of the same nature as the Father. And in being children of Jesus, we are children of the Father. In being united to Jesus, you're united. You have peace with God. Now, there's there's no other way to have peace with God, only through a born-again relationship with Jesus. But, Bert, there, there's so much there in verse 17 that we of Christ are now of the Father and his kingdom. Looking ahead, and we may or may not get there today, uh, he's going to appear to the ten, and then when Thomas is there in eight days later, you remember his coming, my Lord and my God. That mm. This chapter, chapter 20, as much as anything else, is talking about relationship. This relationship will marry Magdalene, where she, this, this great sinner that everybody knew, a woman, that was looked on as not worthy of having her testimony given. He appears to her first, speaks to her, calls her Isn't name. Peter and John, fishermen, you know, that had been called yeah. out of this mundane, uh, man, mundane, there I got my yeah. word out, mundane life and became a fisher of men. He speaks to them. He speaks to Thomas. He speaks to the, the ten that are there. So, Alex, when you come to chapter 20, it is really showing us the relationship that our God can have with us through Christ Jesus. And you said and it earlier. There is no other way. There's no alternate. There's no plan B. It is only through Christ, isn't it? And Peter, who denied the Lord, gets <laughs> to see that empty tomb first. Our God is such a God of grace. Mary Magdalene, who was a woman of ill repute and uh, bound by demons, uh, yet she is the first to see the risen Lord and gets to talk to him. And uh, let me just say this. Don't ever believe that lie of Satan that you're, you've done too much. God doesn't love you anymore. That's a lie. He loves you immeasurably. Don't ever say to yourself, well, I, you know, it's too late for me. And no, God loves you. And if you'll turn to Christ, he'll receive you and forgive you. Now, you go on there in 18 and 19, Mary says, to the other disciples, I've seen the Lord. And there on the first day of the week, okay, this is 
Resurrection Day, Sunday, they were hiding out for fear, and Jesus appears in the midst of them and says, Peace be unto you. When he had so said, verse 20, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Now, Bert, I don't want to spiritualize too much, but his hands and his side, okay? His hands and feet had nail prints. His side had the scar from being pierced with a spear. It's been said that all of Christ's work could be put in one of two categories, his great work of creation, his great work of redemption. And I think about this, his hands formed the universe and Adam from the dust on the ground, his, uh, you know, uh, death on the cross purchased our salvation. It's almost like in showing his hands and his side, his great work of creation, redemption, uh, as Chuck Colson would say, God is in the purpose of restoring all things. And in the risen Jesus, we see the absolute reality of that. We do. One more thing about Mary Magdalene. I just had to say she was the first one to go and tell the disciples that the tomb was empty. She was the first one to go and tell the disciples she had seen the Lord. Th- that is powerful when you think about yeah. this woman. And you just get into Christ. He says, peace be to you. And Alex, you're exactly right. Notice he says it again. Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. Mm. Jesus is purposeful. And and you don't want to miss this in any way. The resurrection is purposeful. Overcoming sin and death, our greatest enemies that would keep us separated from God. He Mm. is purposeful in identifying the individuals. It's by no accident that Mary was there. Peter was there. John was there. You've already said it about Peter denying him, Mary just being away from God. But Jesus purposely does that. And here, I want to share those who are listening. He is purposely desiring you to come to know him. And he doesn't leave us with nothing to do. So I also send you. Alex, that was them, but is that us as well? Are we still sent today? You know, I've always thought this is almost like a micro-Pentecost before Pentecost. It is. The gospel is preached, the commission is given, the Holy Spirit is breathed on them. Now, Peter's going to do this on a much larger scale in a few weeks. Yeah, that was a preview. Everybody says, did they receive the Holy Spirit? I think they got the preview of it, but on Pentecost, they're going to get the power of it. And we're going to be back. That number, 888-589-8840. Give us a call. What does the American Family Association stand for? We believe true morality flows from biblical principles and directs people to the manner in which God intends them to live. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us as we seek to stop the erosion of godly values. Okay, Mom and Dad, have you ever considered that problems with your children might originate with you? On the next Focus on the Family, you'll hear why asking your kids for feedback, saying yes more often, and taking ownership of your mistakes can greatly improve the relationships in your family. Don't miss this encouragement for moms and dads next time on Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. Focus on the Family is heard each weekday morning at 5 o'clock Central on American Family Radio. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch to the customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call Right now, and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 
833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. So the chief priests made plans to put Lazarus to death as well. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. After Jesus resurrected Lazarus, his and Lazarus' fame spread. They already planned to kill Jesus, but now, because Lazarus was tangible evidence of Jesus' resurrection power, the chief priests and Pharisees plotted to kill Lazarus too. They never worried about Lazarus before, but now, because he is a walking billboard of Christ's power, they want him dead too. This, brothers and sisters, is why many come against you. It isn't personal, but satanic forces can't stand your representation of God's power to transform lives. That's why we rejoice when we're slandered for his namesake. Christ's power is on display. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. This is Bert and Alex, and we're taking phone calls. 888-589-8840, and we have lines that are open, and we get to as many as we can. And, uh, again, we made a New Year's resolution. We're going to try to get to as many calls in the last segment as we can, and so we're trying to strive for that. By the way, if you want to see this program later, you can go to AFR.net and look at podcast, and you'll see Exploring the Word there. And by the way, uh, since we're streaming live, and you can do that, streaming.afa.net, streaming.afa.net, or go to our Facebook page, you can see us. Uh, not just hear us, but see us. But on the podcast, uh, there's a link there that you can watch us as well. And so we are making that. We're trying to make ourselves uh, up to date so people can look at us. Alex, that's kind of scary sometimes, you know. <laughs> Yeah, seeing us, I hope it's not a letdown, but uh, <laughs> uh, listen, I, I'm glad uh, that, uh, you know, man might look on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. But uh, we're going to go to Dustin in Oklahoma. Dustin, thanks for ho- holding, and you're the first caller on today's edition of Exploring the Word. Yes, sir. Du- yes, welcome. You're on. Yes, um, so I've been recently getting into the Bible and relearning everything. And in Matthew 7, I believe, Jesus says that he didn't come to uh, com- abolish the law, but to complete it. And then I want to say in Matthew, another Matthew chapter, he says that many will come to him in the in days of proclaiming his name and doing mighty works. And he will tell them that he never knew them to get away from him, you evildoers, you doers of lawlessness. Okay. Now, he's talking about the law that was given to Moses. In the tour, correct? Okay. Right, right. Yeah. Okay, Dustin. So yeah, I, go ahead. Go ahead, sorry. No, you go so ahead. I just, I, what What bothers me a lot, I guess, with my newfound understanding is I'm hearing a lot of people say, because Jesus came, it's only about your heart. A lot of the stuff that happened in the Old Testament don't really matter, but I don't ever read any of that. I keep reading that God says, follow my for all generations. Okay. Dustin, thank you, brother. Uh, We see that that's in the same sermon that you're referring to. Uh, Jesus came to fulfill the law. He's the only one that did it. You remember the rich young ruler that came to Jesus, and he said, Sirs, what must must I do to be saved? And Jesus went over the law, not to say you're saved that way, but he said, Oh, I've kept all those from my youth. I'm, I'm right. And then Jesus pinpointed his problem and said, I tell you what, you have great riches, go and sell it and distribute it among the poor. And the Bible says that that young man walked away sad because he had great riches. In other words, what Jesus did, he fulfilled every iota of the law, the real law, not the law of the Pharisees, but the law of God. And so Alex, he did fulfill it. No one else could. Did he, did he fill it to do away with the moral law, or did he do it to make us, did he complete the law so he would, we would be of the righteous sacrifice so we could in, enjoy salvation when we trust him? 
Well, yeah, and you know, in Matthew five seventeen, he said he did not come to abolish, but to fulfill it. And what's so beautiful is the six hundred and thirteen mandates. And remember, if you broke one, you're guilty of all. So we really were in a hopeless situation, except, except for the fact that Jesus, uh, being fully righteous, uh, if we put our faith in Jesus, His fulfillment of the law is accredited to us. And, and so much more. But, uh, Dustin, that's a good question. Well, Alex, so, let, me add, let me add this. Now, it does, it's trust in Jesus Christ in your heart. Dustin, I think I picked up, sounds like it's a license to sin. You know what Paul said about that? God forbid. forbid. Yeah. Don't let that happen. No, you're called to follow Christ. And following Christ means there. if there's not been a change in your life and in your heart after you've trusted Christ, uh now, I want to just tell you, something's wrong. Now, you may not, you haven't arrived yet. You're not complete, but your direction has changed. That's what the word repent means. You've changed direction. You were going this way, your way in sin, and you turned to God and you walked in him. And so anyone that says, oh, I've been saved, but they are not, I mean, they're careless, Alex. That's the only word I know to put. Yeah. Uh, and they're just, they're in it for themselves. Something's missing concerning their salvation. Yeah, exactly. So if we've received that free gift of salvation, we live as disciples for the rest of our life, and we do, with the help of the Holy Spirit, do our utmost to follow God and fulfill His Word. Well, Michelle in Louisiana, thanks for holding. Welcome to Exploring the Word, Michelle. Oh, I did not think I was going to be on the radio. Wow. Um. Well, How are, are y'all doing? First of all, I love y'all show. Well, thank um, you, thank you, Michelle. Thank you so much. Y'all, y'all are a blessing to so many people. I know you are because you're a blessing to me. So, um, I have been on a lot of drugs over my life, and I have drank a lot of alcohol over my life, and I have a real godly praying mama. And if it wasn't for her prayers, I probably wouldn't be here. It's only by the grace of God that I'm here today. But I'm also on a medication that keeps you from um, having the desire to do the drugs. So I've been on the medication for about five years, I guess. And I've been really convicted for about the last three and especially the last one or two. And I've tried to quit a couple of times, but the withdrawals are horrific. And I'm just really convicted and I feel God pulling at my heart really bad over it. And I just wanted to know, am I going to go to hell if I died today or something? Michelle, um, thank you for calling. Uh, you've you've blessed us by letting us hear you share that. We're going to be praying for you. God saves you. That is redemption. Sanctification is an ongoing process of getting you more and more and more like Jesus. I know individuals, Alex, and you probably do, uh, we, we've been in the church that I was pastoring full-time last, uh, we, we had Celebrate Recovery, and we had people there that had been delivered immediately from the desire of drugs and alcohol. I mean, when they got saved, the desire was gone. One of the guys' name is Don. I want to tell you, man, God just brought him out of the darkness and set him into the light. But we had others, they'd been saved, and they had, God had given them a new desire but that old desire for the alcohol and drugs was still there, and the accountability and the the desire, and sometimes it was some medication to help them get there, Michelle. Alex, would you add anything to that for her? M- Michelle, I want to uh, lead you in a prayer, and I, I no doubt there's a lot of people listening that would like to pray this. Could I just share the gospel, and I want you to... Uh, reaffirm your faith, and you'll not ever have to wonder, because the Word of God promises, and and yeah, there are struggles, and there's, you know, detox, and so many things, but look, the Word of God promises that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Michelle, would you would you pray, and many, many listeners are going to pray along with you to make sure of their salvation. Could we do that just now, Michelle? Sure. I mean, I love the Lord, and I go to church, and I read my Bible, I just uh, feel still really convicted. So, sure. and I don't have no desire to do no alcohol, drink no alcohol, or do any drugs. I still don't have that desire at all. Okay. I just feel convicted for this medication that I'm on because I'm addicted to it. 
Um, well, it's still and, an addiction. So listen yeah, to this, John was, ten twenty eight. This is wonderful. <sighs> Speaking of believers, John ten twenty eight, Jesus said, "I give to them eternal life, and they will never perish." And nothing can pluck them out of my hand. And I don't want you to worry. You said, would I go to hell? I don't want you to worry that uh, because the Word of God promises that by trusting Jesus, you'll never perish. Do you, you believe that, Michelle? I totally. I, and I pray all the time that he will finish the work that he started in me. Amen. And so and I try will. to stand on that. Amen. I do try and to stand on that. I pray that all the time. Amen. Well, Let's pray together, you and me. Why don't you pray these words? Say, Dear Lord Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I'm trusting in you. I'm trusting in you. Please wash my sins away. Please wash my sins away. Save my soul. Save my soul. And help me to have assurance in you. And help me to have assurance in you. I believe the promises of your word. I believe the promises of your word. And your word promises that I'm in the palm of your hand. And your word promises that I'm in the palm of your hand. So help me trust that. So help me trust that. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, Michelle, um, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you, and look, no strings attached, but if you would give your contact info to the call screener, I want to send you a little booklet that we've given to a lot of people. Uh, and just a, some Bible verses to give you assurance. And Michelle, I want to, I rejoice that you prayed that prayer, but I know there are a lot of listeners that prayed that prayer. And Bert, for anybody that maybe just today came to the Lord or maybe came back to the Lord, there's a number of a ministry partner. And and folks, if you just made a decision for Christ, I want you to call this number. And look, no strings attached. We're not trying to sell you anything. But you just I want you to pray with somebody and just get your feet firmly on the ground and make sure that you have understand this decision. Bert, what is that number? That number is 1-800-NEED-HIM. 1-800-NEED-HIM. You can share with them. They'll pray with you. They'll help answer your questions. And as Alex said, the main thing, you want to make sure you're saved, Michelle, that you're saved, and then you follow God, and that's what you do. We're, we're kept by him. That's what the whole idea is. If it were up to us, Alex, we we would have no hope if it was us up to us to keep ourselves. Uh, we Amen. can't even. We're in the palm of his hands, as you said, and no man is able to pluck us out of his hand. Michelle, thank Amen. you for calling. Everybody that's listening today, write the name Michelle down and pray for her, especially for the next 24 hours, that she would have the assurance and that God would give her victory. That's what we're praying. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Let us get your contact info, Michelle. We're going to go to Clifford in uh, Kentucky. Kentucky, Clifford, you're on the program. Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. I just wanted to help out the man that called about God or about Jesus coming to fulfill the law. You know, uh, the Ten Commandments that God gave Moses, five of those commandments teach us how to love God, and the other five teach us how to love our neighbor and to love one another. And the 630 things that the Pharisees tacked on, that is because of the hardness of our hearts and our inability. It's like in our in our country, you know, we we tack on laws upon laws because people find ways around laws, and it it just it, it warps the whole intent. Amen. Thank you, Clifford. You're exactly right. Jesus, Jesus, he says, all when you trust Christ, he puts it in your heart. And you have a new direction, you have a new purpose, you have a new spirit. Once you come to Christ, you're dual-natured. Without Christ, you're single-natured, and that is the nature of self. But when Christ comes in, Paul said, there's a battle going within me. Those things I want to do, I find myself not doing. That battle continued all of his life, and that's why the Holy Spirit in our lives keeps us 
the Word of God helps us and strengthen us, and the relationship in church, accountability, it gives us uh, impetus to stay accountable. So God's given us everything we need for life and godliness right now, Alex. That's good news, brother. That's great news. We're going to go to Alabama and speak with Tony. Tony in Alabama, you're on Exploring the Word. How are you all today? Good. Thank you for calling. Good. Thank you all. Thank you all for having me on. But I had a conversation with my brother the other day. We were discussing about Jesus and Mary Magdalene. And and he said that a couple of guys were standing around talking about the same thing. And I said, oh, that's great. And that discussion was that Jesus and Mary Magdalene had gotten married. I said, where do you hear that from? And they said that what the preacher was preaching about. I said, that's not true. No, I said, no, you hey. all should be hearing that stuff. I said, you need to search the script. That's what the Bible tells us. Amen, you got to read Tony. for yourself, bro. Amen. I, said, I promise I'm not lying. I said, I, I said if you listen to uh, American Family, they own, they in germ right now. <laughs> I said, and you all talking about that today. Amen. And Thank I, you, Tony. And I you here. And I'm, I'm praying for you all. Y'all pray for me and my family. I, I love you all. love you all, American Family. Thank you all for encouraging me and keeping me strong in the will of God. I thank God wow. the whole American family. Thank you, Tony. Amen. God bless you. Alex, hey, let, that's let a lie that's this. been going around for a while about Mary Magdalene and Jesus. And, Tony, you are right. Go ahead. Do, do you know, uh, yeah, no, Jesus and Mary Magdalene never did get married. Twenty-some uh, years ago, there was a book that was written, and it was very, uh, frankly, just a very horrible piece of work that I believe was just satanic. And then another book was written that got pretty famous, and then a movie came out. But scripturally, historically, no. Uh, that never ever happened. It's it's what what you might call an urban legend, but Bert Satan has always tried to attack Jesus because the person of Christ, he's the Son of God, the work of Christ, died on the cross, rose again, so that we could be saved. Satan has done anything and everything to try to distort that message. He really has, because Jesus is the way, and he walks around as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may desire. Don't let him devour you. Come to Christ. Trust Christ. And again, if you have it or if you need help, it's 1-800-NEED-HIM. 1-800-NEED-HIM. They'll help you. Alex, we'll finish up Chapter 20 tomorrow and get into Chapter 21 of the Book of John. We surely will. And, folks, I want to thank you. I know we didn't quite get to all the calls. We'll pick it up again tomorrow on the calls. But listen, folks. Uh, American Family Radio is so honored to bring you this and other great programming every single day. We appreciate you listening and praying and supporting. You can listen again at AFR.net. Please tell somebody about the show, but most of all, tell everybody about Jesus. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.